recognised from when she lost another child back in 1890. The half-formed one that slithered from between her legs three months too soon. Come in, Huck, but don't look at his face. It's too ghastly. Mary closed the book softly so as not to disturb the drowsing William. She was a woman of faith, mildly superstitious and for the remainder of the dark afternoon was unable to shake off a sensation of doom so acute that when Nathaniel arrived home in the evening, bedraggled, weeping, it was with a certain resigned stoicism that she listened to the appalling news. Of the precise details, she refused to hear anything, saying that it was enough it had happened. It was enough such a thing had happened at all. Naturally, the town was aghast, and the particulars of the horrific crime, such as they were known or deduced, were speculated upon wherever people gathered. At the bar of the Mail Hotel, in clattering kitchens, on verandas, round the back of Sully's place where men huddled to smoke, on blustery, wintry street corners. A reporter from the Sydney Sun, with the unlikely name of Mr Philby Rochester, arrived in Flint, and proceeded directly to the mail, where he gathered information for the wide-eyed delectation of his city readers. The town had not seen such drama for many years, certainly not since the gold rush had faltered, and there hovered about its public places a guilty air of ill-gotten excitement. With the Walker family in mourning, Robert Dalton took on the role of unofficial chronicler of the event. He told the reporter and anyone else at the mail who would listen that he had always known something sinister was brewing between the two siblings and that he could have prevented the terrible crime had he or the boy's father arrived on the scene earlier. Just a few minutes, he would say, emphasising the tragic smallness of the moment with thumb and forefinger almost pincered. If that boy so much as shows his face round here again... I'll hang him from a tree. He claimed there'd always been something unusual about Quinn, a feeling the boy's father Nathaniel also professed to have shared, much to his eternal regret, now that it was too late to do anything about it. He had tried to keep them apart, but they clung to each other like bloody burrs to a sock. The town's notoriety was brief. On the third day after the murder... The reporter, Mr Rochester, was found passed out drunk in an area by the river known as the Flats and unceremoniously bundled aboard a coach bound for Bathurst, some 30 miles away. Despite their best efforts, police and the local tracker, Jim Gracie, were unable to locate Quinn Walker as the heavy rain had washed away all traces of the murderer. Sarah was buried several days later in soil still sodden from the storms. Although police forces in Victoria and Queensland were notified, and a reward of £200 posted, Quinn was never found. It was generally assumed the 16-year-old fugitive had met a fate satisfying to the world's innate sense of justice. Theories popular for a time held that he had been eaten by wild dogs that roamed the nearby ranges, had fallen into a disused mineshaft, had been speared by blacks. Flint residents continued to tell stories of the dreadful crime, particularly on stormy afternoons that prompted men to remark to their wives something along the lines of, 
Terrible day. Always reminds me of the Walker girl murder. Whereupon the fellow's wife would stop rolling out pastry or plucking a chicken, stare wistfully into the middle distance and shake her head. That poor, poor woman. To have a son like that. Years later, in 1916, Mary Walker received a telegram from an officer serving in the Australian Imperial Force in France, regretting to inform her that her son Quinn was missing in action, presumed killed, but that he had been a wonderfully brave man, etc., etc. It seemed the boy had escaped all those years earlier after all, only to die somewhere far from home. When he heard the news... Nathaniel sniffed his good riddance and went about his business. Mary wept all over again. Over the years, the town...